It's Monday. It's July 27th. And the word of the day is vexillologist, or one who studies flags. Used in a sentence, I can't believe we need to consult with the experts on this, but five out of five vexillologists agree the bad guys from the Civil War shouldn't have their flag on good guy government property. This sounds reasonable, and for the record, regardless of what your racist uncle says, five out of five historians agree on who the bad guys were. I'm No Illusions. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 22, we'll get a biology lesson from a guy who thinks demons live in your man batter. Pluthers warn that so-called images of Pluto may contain mind-controlling levels of fluoride. We'll bring you the least erotic story to ever involve a parade of salad-tossing men dressed as Spartans. And Donald Trump hopes to be successful like Ross Perot one day. But first, the Roundup. We'll start off the roundup tonight with explosions and dead people. The loose coalition of nations fighting ISIS were encouraged last week when Turkey finally got around to deciding which group of murderous religious zealots bordering their country they liked the least. A major shift in Turkish policy will allow the U.S. to fly missions from the Incirlik Air Base, which affords us a chance to spend a lot more money and kill a lot more people with the airstrikes that every military expert on the planet agrees can't actually achieve their stated goals, even if we had infinity of them. So that's good news. In Genesis News... Christian God appeared to exist for a few days last week when a painting of the Virgin Mary in Sydney, Australia, allegedly moved its lips in prayer. However, this theory was later debunked when a fat guy at a mall stared at a poster for hours without seeing Jesus or the sailboat. Eventually, he saw the sailboat. In economic news, Greece is going at 125. Do I hear one and a half? There's one and a half, now three quarters. Give me one and three quarters going once. Here's two going once at two. Do I hear two and a quarter going twice? Now two, two and a quarter, two and a quarter. Do I hear two and a half? In a related story, Greek banks were finally able to reopen their ATMs last week, but it looks like instead of cash, they're dispensing AOL free hour CDs, <laughs> Dave and Buster's powered cards, <laughs> and expired coupons that might still redeem for their cash values. If, if the cashier's not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. In science news, the on-again, off-again filet lander that bounced landed on comet 67P Churyumov-Gerasimenko lost contact with the European Space Agency once again last week, this time likely for good. This unfortunate news came at a time when the American Space Agency was doing something way more complicated and billions of miles further away that they pulled off flawlessly with really awesome pictures and everything. But, you know, I mean, the stuff that the Europeans were doing, that was pretty good, too. You know, the important thing is that they tried. In Beijing, China, the marketing team for a food delivery company called Sweetie Salad organized a parade of Caucasian men wearing Spartan costumes carrying small samples of their product through the city's business district last week, thus successfully tapping into the shock value of seeing non-obese white people eating vegetables. That's a pretty rare sight even here. Meanwhile, Kurdish forces in northern Iraq are accusing ISIS of using poison gas in northern Syria last month, which, if true, puts ISIS firmly in reach of completing the list of all the evil stuff. Almost there. They can get there. In religious history news... Scientists at a British university believe they may possess one of the oldest Quran parchments in the world, dating back to the time of Islam's founding. The cited evidence for this may or may not include a journal entry from a guy named Muhammad that says, My wife got pubes today, so that was cool. 
The U.N. Security Council unanimously approved the nuclear deal between Iran and the P5 plus one last week, making all the bullshit posturing from Republicans in the Senate even more impotent than their lack of a veto-proof majority already made it. Senate GOP leaders remain undeterred, though, reminding their opponents that impotent bullshit posturing is what they do best. Aren't they? they were made for this shit. In entertainment news, after recording artist Chris Brown was accused of fraud by a concert promoter during his recent trip to the Philippines, his publicist team is hoping to attract as much media attention as possible to this example of not felony assaulting a woman. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's multifaceted. In GOP primary news, the telephone booth got that much more crowded last week when John What's-His-Name from Ohio officially kicked off his campaign last week. When Kasich was asked why he wanted to be president, he told reporters, quote, well, end quote, which is as much as he could get out before the media got distracted by Donald Trump promising a, a midget-tossing set to everybody who voted for him <laughs> in 2016 or whatever latest fucking group of people he pissed off. In Bushwhacker news... While speaking at a Koch Brothers event last week, Jeb Bush suggested that we should phase out Medicare. Presumably, this would involve hurting about 50 million senior citizens onto a large ice flow, but but in phases. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. They were going to die off anyway. Nobody would even notice. In other domestic news, California is on fire. Moving over to public health news. President Obama's immigration policy of importing Central American tuberculosis wards finally paid off. When right-wing radio host Michael Savage got the flu last week. That's what he blamed Finally it on. came to fruition. Speaking of which, scientists at the NIH have announced a promising breakthrough towards a universal flu vaccine that would use infectious proteins rather than whole viruses. Like all medical breakthrough news, this is the last you'll ever hear of this. And in a related story, a really bad British doctor just released a paper about the new vaccine, claiming he found weapons-grade uranium in the shot, which he's quite sure will cause autism, leprosy, and occasional mutant superpowers. I'm getting me some of that shit. NASA scientists announced the discovery of the first near-Earth-sized exoplanet orbiting the habitable zone of a sun-like star in the Milky Way last week. Scientists say that Kepler 45-2b has an orbital path about 5% longer than Earth and is about 60% bigger, but it doesn't have sexy blue cat people, unobtainium, or floating mountains, because that would be fucking stupid. <laughs> We'll have more on this week's top headlines coming up, but first a quick break to sort out who uttered the best stupid last week in a segment we call Abuse Your Words. After devoting last week's entire Abuse Your Words segment to the incessant lingual delirium from Donald Trump, one could be forgiven for thinking he was actively campaigning for a second such honor this week. But we've put Trump in the penalty box for at least another week so we could devote a bit of time to the verbal perversion of America's other fine lunatics. So, Heath, who's leading off the list this week? First up, we have host of the 700 Club and Krang-operated cyborg with a forehead now promoted to eighthead, Pat Robertson, <laughs> who had some words of wisdom for President Obama during a discussion about Kenya's laws on homosexuality during a recent episode of his show. Segment started with a Christian Broadcasting Network reporter explaining how a group of Kenyan bishops are fighting back against international pressure that would have the African nation stop imprisoning gay people. Mm. To which P. Robes responded, quote, Those Africans have got it right. One wishes that the President of the United States would listen to some of his fellow Africans, cousins, to what they have to say, because they speak truth and they speak wisdom. End quote. Because what good is homophobia if you can't wrap a little paternalistic racism around it, right? Exactly. So it's a pretty strong showing we got yeah. from Robertson this week. In one single comment, he managed to agree with prison for gay people, 
support the Obama birther theory, and suggest that all black people are cousins. Yeah, kind of leaves us wishing that Buffalo Bob Smith never listened to Jiminy Cricket all those years ago. And sticking with the people who insist they're straight but spend all their time talking about gay sex theme we've got going. Yeah, some of the people are get, will get it and they'll love it. We're going to turn to current potassium medalist in the GOP presidential primary race, Rick Santorum, for a second. In an increasingly desperate attempt to move all the way up to 12th place in the polls, Dickie Sance appeared on Boston Herald Live to lament the fact that all the parents and children's books are gay. Well, maybe things have changed over the decades since I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but I remember a lot less descriptive sodomy scenes between gay parent characters (laughs) than than he's describing here. I, I wouldn't call it all the parents. Well, it's, di- it's different now, an exaggeration. Post, post-Oberfeldian or whatever. Right. So now, of course, if we follow Froth's logic here, you would expect that all the kids in my generation would have been driven to ursine bestiality from all those Berenstein Bears books. But rather than following that line of thought, he elected to move into even more bizarre territory by linking gay marriage and children's books to abortion and welfare. Naturally. Now, I guess it should shock no one that Rick Santorum doesn't know what's in books, but for the record, he's right. There is virtually no straight sex in children's books. <laughs> the only thing that keeps him from moving higher on the list this week. Next on the docket, we have a long overdue appearance by a man who was born to abuse his words. Pastor James David Manning <laughs> of it's Opera World Missionary Church in Harlem, New York. That's right. Based on his research, it looks like he's been able to identify the process by which sodomy demons take the form of male ejaculate, thus spreading through the population via sexual intercourse yeah. and also contact with piles of gay sperm at restaurants. Of course, that's yeah. how that happens. Interesting a, stuff. A conclusion that no doubt came in hasty response to the question, what the hell are you doing with all that sperm, pastor? And it was originally preceded by the words, I'm certainly not gargling it. That's not what I'm doing. I'm experimenting. That's it. So here's a few highlights from his latest rant. Oh, please. Starts with an explanation of ejaculate biology, I guess. Uh, Quote, semen is produced by the blood. It is the cream of blood. What? (laughs) Yeah. And... In case you're wondering, several 18th century scientists can back him up on oh, that. Oh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. If your Manning, humors are out of balance, that... <laughs> Manning also added, quote, If a man injects himself in another man and injects his semen into him... And injects his And he's crazy, then that's going to get in his blood as well. Boy, you're going to get penetrated by demons. You're going to get penetrated by demons. End quote. <laughs> so... Yeah, I listened to the whole Strong. fucking clip. There literally was not a single sentence that wasn't crazy all by itself. <laughs> it, they didn't even rely on the craziness of the sentences around. He went for five minutes and at no point did he string together seven words that could pass for sane when read without context. Damn impressive. Very well done. And then he closes it out with the following quote. Sodomy is metastasized here in Harlem <laughs> and people in restaurants and on dates need to be very careful, end uh-huh, quote. Yeah. Because when gay people go to restaurants, I guess they usually rub their ejaculate all over the chairs. And I guess he thinks lesbians exist because they go into these restaurants and then rub their open orifices against all the upholstery. <laughs> I love it or, when they do that. you know, they drink those sperm lattes from Starbucks that the pastor warned about last year. Either way, lots of points 
for Pastor Manning. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But proper butt sex demon avoidance strategies aren't the only thing we learned this week. We also learned that Republicans are okay with acknowledging this nation's horrific history of racism, but only the fictional parts. And for that, we're going to turn to Dr. Ben. Holy shit, this guy had his hand on people's brains. Carson, who appeared on Jan Mickelson's radio show last week to paint little Hitler mustaches on pictures of Margaret Sanger. Yeah, surely fucked up the data on that Tuskegee experiment. What a bitch. (laughs) Now, responding to a recent video that purports to show that Planned Parenthood sells aborted fetus chunks to the highest bidder with... All the veracity is this podcast purporting to be hosted by magical unicorns. Carson explained that a quick history lesson of the founding of Planned Parenthood was in order, including the parts where Margaret Sanger fashioned the one ring to rule them all. According to Carson, quote, Margaret Sanger was trying to eliminate black people. Really? That was the whole purpose of it. End quote. Right, yeah. She designed a condom to let through the white sperm, but filtered out the oversized black ones. Well, yes, That's, of course, of course. That was yeah, the that, plan the whole time. Obviously, clearly. Now, this is not a new conspiracy theory, nor is it a true one. It's based on the same kind of out-of-context quote mining that created the video he was talking about in the first place. But the good news is that, as near as I can tell, this argument was first introduced to Republican presidential politics by none other than Herman Cain. So if Carson's working from the Herman playbook, the Pokemon lyrics can't be far behind, guys. We've got a lot to look forward to. In other words, Trump might not be the crazy guy in this field. Well, I got to be honest. I kind of feel bad for Carson on this one. Margaret Sanger, black genocide usually wins you this game. Most weeks that does it. Not this week. Thanks in part to historical fiction writer unaware of his genre, David Barton. During an appearance on Missions Radio last week. Barton warned that the Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage included a secret provision that legalizes pedophilia and also requires churches to hire known child molesters to work in their daycare facilities. Does it? It it does, apparently. It's a secret provision. Uh Yeah. yeah, uh He explained, quote, if a pedophile comes to the church and says, I want to run your nursery, you can't say no, because that's discriminating on the basis of identity. If a homosexual comes and says... I want to be your youth director, and you say no, you can't do that. Sick. End quote. Man, there's a lot of wrong there. Okay, so let's start off with the fact that Barton apparently thinks churches need some kind of encouragement to hire pedophiles to run their daycare centers. (laughs) You know, I'm not sure where you're getting that, but I'm thinking rule one for Christian spokesperson should be try not to bring up daycare and pedophile in the same breath. First day. Never going to make us look good by doing that, guys. All right, so I'm going to do my best to follow the logic here. It looks like he's saying that laws against discrimination based on sexual orientation are problematic because child rapist is an example of a sexual orientation. Apparently. At one point, he actually claimed we have 82 distinct sexual identities now, whatever the fuck that means, and he thinks pedophile is one of the options. So... Dave, uh, yeah, if you want to call in, we'll explain how this works, but we don't have time for it on the air right now. By the way, congratulations on all the points. You're on the podium. Yeah, yeah, but and you're damn near the top, honestly, but it wasn't quite enough because this week's honor is going to go to none other than Pastor David Spunk Drunk Manning, and not just for the homo demon intrusion scenario. As impressive as that was, it is nothing compared to the unrivaled feat of appearing on a radio show with Rick Wiles... <laughs> And being the crazy guy. <laughs> it was nuts. It was like dueling pianos, except the contestants are insane people with safety helmets and right. sippy cups <laughs> just banging randomly at the keys. <laughs> Homo demons, sperm coffee, <laughs> <laughs> 
It was a lot like that. Now, during this interview on Wiles' syndicated YouTube channel, True News, Manning offered his legal expertise in an effort to explain the Supreme Court's recent decision to shit all up in Jesus' stigmata wounds by letting gay people get married. And according to the experts over at Manning, Manning, and Batshit, the legal precedent that swung the case was that of Kennedy v. whatever dude used to sodomize him back in the day. <laughs> I guess that would be his fraternity pledge brother at Stanford who stood behind him during the hazing. I've been advised to pretend not to have any knowledge about that. Now, as evidence of the fact that gay people are blackmailers and that Anthony Kennedy fucks dudes, he offered up the fact that a number of anti-gay pastors are secretly smoking pole. How? That's that? Yes, exactly. The, the, the fact that people like him are usually <laughs> suppressing their own homosexuality is somehow evidence that the SCOTUS is a pansexual orgy whenever they close the doors. If Ginsburg, Kagan, and Sotomayor did a lesbian porn together, I would watch that every day. Yeah, just Fantastic. for bringing up that mental image, Manning should get the win. But really like, got a thing for Sotomayor. You know, he's got that, plus he's got this gay SCOTUS blackmail thing. And even if that wasn't enough to edge out Barton all on its own, when you combine it with his public service announcement about the homo demon, we have no choice but to crown a new champion this week. So congratulations, Pastor Manning. Now go celebrate with some Starbucks. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, no illusions. Noah, Chris Christie, uh -huh. Mike Huckabee, Donald Trump. Fuck, marry, president. Go. Okay. Uh, fat ass, dumb ass, jackass, a duck, Magdalene, Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> Is that, is that not, not how the game goes? <laughs> Close enough. So before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter and see what important societal issues are being discussed there. Trending this week was hashtag historical reality shows. Would you like to play or pass? Oh, I'll, I'll go um, the deadliest catch, yellow fever edition. <laughs> what about survivor of the fittest? Or oh. what? Well, no, no, I got it. German Mythbusters, The Amazing Race. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for making my hemorrhagic fever joke seem tame in comparison. <laughs> I appreciate that. And this week's random stranger winner was at Amy Volume, who had, I didn't know I was pregnant, the nativity story. Nice. So well played at Amy Volume. Now, now, I hate to be a stickler, of course, but you never said we could use historical fiction, so I don't think that <laughs> one should count. I think, I think I still win. In our lead story tonight... From the Plutonic Dialogue file, according to a new video posted by a member of the Pluto Truther movement oh, that exists off. now, the images of the dwarf planet we saw last week from the New Horizons spacecraft were fabrications. And just in case that sounds ridiculous without a decades-long unsubstantiated conspiracy to back it up, don't worry, it's not ridiculous. <laughs> the maker of the video, Crow777, who I'm assuming works part-time as an exorcist-themed WWE wrestler, right. made sure to explain that this was all part of an elaborate hoax that's been going on since we faked the moon landing in 1969. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind that the video has already been vetted by the discerning editorial staff over at YouTube, so no <laughs> well, bullshit. Now, yeah, to be fair, though, it was peer-reviewed, as you can see in the comment section, but, <laughs> but peer review isn't as impressive when you and thus your peers are fucking idiots. Right. Not as, doesn't so, mean as much. When asked by Newsweek what NASA or the government would gain from faking an image of Pluto, Mr. Triple Seven responded, quote, Maybe the truth is that NASA can't do as much as we have been led to believe. It's a hard thing to know. Why does any government lie to its people? 
end quote. <laughs> so that was that was nice and concrete. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I guess the truthers haven't worked out the details of the conspiracy yet in its entirety, but the end game is clear. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's phase one, fake picture of a dwarf planet. Phase three. Probably. That much we know. Yeah, exactly. I get, and I'm thinking phase two somehow involves a grassy knoll. And in wall martial law news tonight, a bunch of well-armed, untrained, out-of-shape, trigger-happy rednecks are stalking around outside U.S. military recruitment centers to make sure no one's in danger. Fearing that armed religious fanatics and political extremists might pose a danger to U.S. military personnel, these armed religious fanatics and political extremists have elected to stand watch to make sure nobody fitting that description shows up. Should hear news of an idiot wearing sweatpants pulling a Plaxico Burris any day now. Yeah, probably by the time this comes out. The spate of self-appointed sentries began in response to the tragic July 16th shooting in Chattanooga, Tennessee that left five service personnel dead. Reckoning that the U.S. military couldn't defend itself without the assistance of a bunch of unsupervised overweight bumpkins with assault rifles, impromptu militias have sprung up around the country with a stated mission to gun down any attacker that threatens U.S. military personnel. Hard to see how this would go wrong. Now, it should it should be noted that they're not asking for any kind of compensation for their time or effort, oh, though they do insist we that during their hunt for jihadis, uh, it would be a lot easier if we would all be very, very quiet. <laughs> so with more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live at the recruitment office in Savannah, Georgia, where this phenomenon was first reported. Lucinda, have you learned anything on the scene? Yes, I have, Heath. It turns out John Cena has a spectacular ass. Uh, what? Don't get me wrong, I always figured he had a nice ass, but I wasn't ready to put my nickel down until I had more data. I'm not sure how that relates to the story, though. That's Well, post 9-11, odds are that if you're going to be killed by a terrorist on U.S. soil, it's far more likely that it'll be by a religious, right, uber-patriotic Tea Party NRA member than an Islamic extremist. Well, sure, but I uh, still don't see how that has anything to do with... John Cena's ass, that's still relevant, right? Right. Well, I figured while all of the far-right, uber-patriotic Tea Party NRA members were hanging out at the recruitment center, it'd be the safest time to catch up on that new Amy Schumer movie. (laughs) Oh, uh, good call. Yeah, it's not too soon. Fucking hilarious, by the way. Plus John Cena's ass, so, you know, there's something there for everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, I I saw it. Really funny movie, absolutely. And how about that ass, huh? Uh, Right? uh, No, it, it it was lovely. It looked like his ass ate Mark Wahlberg's ass. It was beautiful. So... Have you learned anything else? LeBron James actually has pretty decent comic timing. I mean, anything about the the rednecks at the recruitment office? You fucking kidding me? I'm not going near those nuts. But you're the roving reporter. Oh, That's your fuck thing. that, man. I've got a pretty good tan going on, and if they think I'm brown from a distance, that's the last you'll ever hear from me. Well, what about the whole no, story? Then? Well, sorry, sorry, Heath, I gotta let you go. Everybody in the theater is giving me dirty looks and a stink eye. <laughs> You're still in the theater? Yeah, I thought about giving them the, you know, I look like Mark Wahlberg, ate Mark Wahlberg line, right. but I don't think it's gonna work. They look pretty pissed. Alright, well, uh, enjoy act three, I guess. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you, Lucinda. And in Trump Shaker news tonight, despite all the success the GOP's been having with Latino voters, the Republican National Committee still felt like it was a good precaution to distance themselves from Donald Trump huh. after his recent suggestion that Mexican people are mostly meth-dealing sexual predators. You're not supposed to say it out loud, Donald. Donald, however, feels like the party should have stood behind him on that one. He's a little miffed. <laughs> That's why Trump announced during a recent interview that he may consider running as a third-party candidate 
if Republicans can't be more supportive of his rapey ethnic slurs going forward. Well, I mean, I think they would be more supportive if he could at least distinguish between legitimate and illegitimate rapes. You know, at least be scientific about it. So looks like Trump is in the midst of accidentally teaching the whole country a much-needed lesson on how a two-party system is extremely stupid. And by stupid, I mean it allows for a racist billionaire to hijack the GOP nomination by threatening to split their ticket and run independent if they refuse to give him the nod. Well, to be honest, I I don't think you're giving the other 15 asshats enough credit when you suggest it's going to take some kind of outside force for them to lose the presidential election. (laughs) And honestly... Like, if you think about it, Trump's created a, d- a dynamic now where you can see moderate by saying that fewer than half of Mexican immigrants are rapists. That's now the moderate position here. So he's also doing them some favors. It's not all bad. So at first I was pretty sure this is all a nightmare. All this Trump nonsense had to end in this big reveal like a reality show or something. He finally gets the nomination and breaks the news. Nah, I was just fucking with you guys. It's, it's going to be on next week's Apprentice. <laughs> we got cameras there and there. Warren Buffett walks out from behind a curtain. Ah, of course you shouldn't be allowed to decide presidential election like that. Obviously. <laughs> Sadly, I'm less and less confident that's going to happen now. Yeah, right. But it would be great if Trump decides to Ralph Nader the Republicans in 2016. And that's why we here at the Skeptocrat would like to officially offer our sloganeer services to the Donald as long as he promises to run as a third-party GOP spoiler. And just to show how much we mean it, we put our team of undocumented rapists on meth to the task of coming up with our top five Donald Trump campaign slogans. At number five, the Donald for democracy. One dollar, one vote. (laughs) But none of those communist Sacagawea ones, though. Only American (laughs) dollars. At number four, Trump adorable in 2016. Go with the Floby. They call me Hair Force One. <laughs> that they do. It'd be especially effective if we could talk him into naming the Toop as his running mate. You know, that would make for a good ticket. <laughs> At number three, Donald Trump. You guys don't know what it's like to have your $50 million taxed at 40%. <laughs> Neither do I, because I use the capital gains loophole. Well, right, but that that right, almost yeah. happened to me. It was terrifying. And, and while we're on the subject, fuck Armenians. <laughs> I'm I'm fucking everybody alphabetically. (laughs) Fuck Armenians. (laughs) Number two, Donald Trump. Granted, plenty of Mexicans aren't raping your daughter right now, but still. (laughs) But the important thing is that some of them are right now. (laughs) And at number one, the Donald. He's got that je ne sais quoi. Loosely translated, he's got that, I don't know what to call that fucking thing on his head. Out out brain (laughs) is the technical term. And that's going to do it for episode 22. Oh, actually, if Thank you don't mind, I, I promised a big announcement at the end of last week's Scathing Atheist. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. But I actually kind of fucked that up because it was a good news, bad news kind of thing. And it's actually a little premature to give everybody the good news part. So I'm stuck in an awkward position where I have to tell you the bad news, but I can only hint around at the good news. And for that, I'll hand things back over to Heath. Uh, well... I wanted to buy you all a pony, but Noah wouldn't let me. Back to you, Noah. (laughs) Okay, fine. So uh, due to an as-of-yet undisclosed podcasting project that may or may not involve our good friend Eli Bosnick that I can't actually talk about just yet, the Skeptocrat is going to be moving to a bi-weekly schedule indefinitely starting, like, now. Now, to be honest, we probably bit off more than we could chew with our attempt to produce 90 minutes of written material every week, which is evidenced by the fact that by the end of next month, we'll have written more than an entire war and peace worth of dick jokes just in 2015. That's honestly true. (laughs) And with dicks, 
It's about quantity, not quality. Hey, my so. wife would beg to differ. It's our model. Or at least I would beg her to differ. <laughs> anyway, um, but in an effort to ensure that we can continue to bring you the quality of entertainment that you've come to expect from us while still affording us an opportunity to sleep on a daily basis and pursue other ways of bringing you more content, uh, this move was unavoidable. We're sincerely sorry if that totally fucks up your weekly commute, and we promise to make it up to you shortly with something that I can't actually tell you about just yet. And that's going to do it for episode 22. Yeah. Thanks to No Illusions, whose sexually attractive axons and dendrites I want inside me. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for checking on the crazy idiots with assault rifles group to see if they were protecting the military recruiting offices from themselves. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that, please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming... Please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Reverend Jeebus H. Slackattacks 766, Michael, Cliff, Aaron, and David. Yes, the David, whose regal genitals have had scimitars lobbed at them by moistened bints in a series of seemingly farcical but very real aquatic ceremonies. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people. If you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-winning sister show, The Skating Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from skatingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to the time signature traveling troubadourian Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. Okay, so we need to distract a baby later. <laughs> That's a good, good call. Go out. Ha, ha, ha.